0: Okay, sorry. Yeah, I have my limited edition John Michael water bottle. It's a Gatorade, as, as you all guys know. So, hallelujah. All right, everyone. If we could just open up our Bibles tonight to Isaiah. Everyone knows where Isaiah is, right? Open, open your Bibles up to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 27 and we're going to read from verse 1 to 6 and the title of this message tonight is a fruitful vineyard hallelujah if you're there let me hear amen Amen. okay everyone's here that's what i'm talking about all right so we're reading from the esv So I'm going to read one verse and then you read the next one. And we'll just keep going back and forth for verses 1 to 6. Okay. All right. Ready? She. In that day, the Lord with his hard and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. I, the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment I water it, lest anyone punish it. I keep it night and day. Or let them lay hold of my protection. Let them make peace with me. Let them make peace with me. Come, Jacob shall take root. Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So tonight I want to talk to you about being a pleasant vineyard in the NIV. It says a fruitful vineyard. I had preached a similar message to those who are from the India missions team, India missions team. Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? So I'm talking about. Okay, my bad. All right. So, I preached a similar message from this passage when we were in India and from verses two to five, this exact passage. But as I was reading and as I was asking God, what do you want me to talk about? When Christian Christian sent me an email saying, bro, it's about that time for you to deliver the word. Okay. Lord, what do I preach about? What do I preach about? He brought me back to this. And even when I preached in, in Manipur in India, I felt even when that word was given to me that it was something that God had not just purposed there in India, but also for the church here. And so and so this is how we're going to do it tonight. All right. OK, Pete Rock, that's what I'm talking about. So I want to talk to you about a fruitful vineyard, OK, about having lives that are fruitful beyond measure and what God says about how we can experience fruitfulness in our lives today. We all want to be fruitful in our lives. Amen. Amen. Hey, turn to your neighbor right now and say, I want, to be I want to be fruitful. Hallelujah. See, I want to be fruitful. All right. I want to be fruitful as well. And it is is—it is God's will, I believe, is God's will for us to be fruitful. As it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, God has plans for us to prosper Okay. Plans for us to prosper, to have a hope and a future. Prosper means to be fruitful. Okay. And so I want to talk to you about being fruitful. And I want to point out three reasons why it's important for us to be fruitful vineyards in the first place. Why it matters. And then three ways in which God is showing you how you can have a fruitful vineyard in your lives. Okay. So before we do that, before we dive into the word, Let's pray. Father God, you are so sweet, Lord. Father, you are so amazing, Lord. Father, you have brought us all here together tonight, Lord, in your perfect plan, and your perfect will, Lord. And Father, you aspire for us to have fruitful lives, Lord. Father God, I pray right now, Lord God, that as I preach, Lord, as I speak these words, may I not speak from my own wisdom, from my own understanding, Lord. But may it be from your Holy Spirit speaking through me, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would anoint my lips, Lord. And that, Father God, it would be the cross preached tonight. It would be Jesus that is preached tonight. That you would get the glory, Lord. And we would get the help, Father. Father God, right now, Lord God, we just as a body and one voice, Lord, we take authority right now against every work of the enemy. We bind it and we tell it to leave this room right now in the name of Jesus. And we pray right now, Lord, that you would loosen your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord God, that you would loosen angels to come and minister to us, Lord. To minister to our hearts. To change our heart motives tonight, Lord God. And to bring us closer to you, Father. So that, Lord, our lives can be fruitful to your glory. Father God, we thank you in advance, Father God, for what you're going to do. And we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So as uh Second Timothy three sixteen says, all scripture is God breathed, amen. So I hope everyone's got their everyone's got their their Bibles, their notebooks, their highlighters, and their pens, because we're gonna dig a little bit tonight. Y'all ready to dig? Alright, let's dig. That's what I'm talking about. Alright, so we're gonna get right into it and start with verse one in chapter twenty seven, okay? So it says, in that day, the Lord with his hard and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. Okay, so before anything else in this word, before Isaiah talks about, before he relays the word from God about a fruitful vineyard, he starts talking about slaying the dragon. And when I was looking at this, I was wondering like, I didn't even preach from this, this verse before. And I was wondering, Lord, you know, what what does that have to do with anything? And then I, I began to think about it. And as I began to pray over it, it became fairly obvious who Isaiah was talking about when he said a serpent. When he was talking about a dragon. So who do you think Isaiah was referring to? Hmm, Satan? Exactly, right? So he's referring to Satan, that great fleeing and twisting serpent. And if you look before this passage, Isaiah is essentially, even in verse 26 at the end, what's happening in this passage is Isaiah is having a vision, a word about what is to come, about the work that God is going to do, how God is going to slay the enemy. He's going to slay the serpent and the dragon into the sea. And there's a specific word that we can take from it, especially in regard to having a fruitful vineyard in our lives before we can even begin to talk about having a fruitful vineyard of a Christian life, we have to first slay the dragon in our lives. We have to first confront the enemy before we can even think about having a fruitful vineyard. How do we experience that, though? You know, like, if we have a fruitful vineyard and there's all these seeds being thrown out and we never lock up the enemy then what's he going to do? It's like that seed that's thrown on the soil and the enemy comes and snatches it away. So we have to first talk about slaying the enemy, slaying that dragon that is in the sea. And how do we experience it? How do we do it? We slay the enemy through the cross and blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's how. Okay, so that's the only way that you can experience that. And the only way that you experience the cross and the power of the cross the power of the blood of jesus christ is through repentance so that's where it all starts is with repentance anyone of us in here who has had a healing and deliverance session or if you've if you've been in one or you have prayerfully supported one you know that without repentance a lot of the bondages a lot of the things in our lives that Hold us down, that weigh us, that the enemy uses to keep us in bondage. Without repentance, you don't you don't have freedom. You don't experience freedom without that. It is the promise of God that we, once we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful to forgive us our sins and then cleanse us from them, cleanse us into freedom, cleanse us into righteousness. Okay, and so when we repent, what it does is that. It frees those chains of bondage. It slays the enemy and the power of God moves mightily in our lives. It's like, it's like if you haven't done that, you're walking around, if you're walking around in unrepentant sin, in bondage, say you're struggling with unforgiveness, then you can't, you won't expect, you won't experience a fruitful vineyard in your life. The word says, don't let the sun Go down while you're... Don't let the sun go down and still be angry. Why? Because the enemy will gain a foothold. So first you have to deal with these issues. You have to repent of these sins. You have to repent of the things in your lives before you can ever talk about experiencing a fruitful vineyard. The word says that the enemy is like a roaring lion walking around seeking whom he may devour. But when you repent... When you set your sins at the foot of the cross where his blood and his love overflows, that roaring lion, that like a roaring lion, it becomes more like a lion at the zoo or like a, like a tiger at Siegfried and Roy. It becomes something like a, a, an attraction at, at Las Vegas. While it still can roar, it still can chomp, it's, it's got a hefty leash on it. And as you repent, as you lay your sins before God, that leash just tightens. And so, if you want to have that fruitful vineyard, you have to slay that dragon. Amen? Amen. So, I want everyone to say right now, turn to your neighbor and say, I want to slay that dragon. (laughs) You guys are having a lot of fun talking to your neighbors. Okay, that's enough of that. So once you've gotten that out of the way, once you've come before God in repentance, his sacrifice, Christ's power and blood, it brings about the freedom and the victory that slays the enemy and you can begin to experience a fruitful life. But why? What's so good about being fruitful? It seems like an obvious question, right? Us sitting, You're probably sitting there right now like, I already know that being fruitful is good. Being fruitful, having a lot of fruit, that's got to be great. But we don't live our lives that way. We don't live our lives as if we're seeking to be fruitful. We don't live our lives as if we understand the purpose of being fruitful at all. So I'm going to give you three reasons why you why you want a fruitful life, all right? Okay, so the first reason why you want a fruitful vineyard in your life is because it looks good. All right, everyone, turn to your neighbor and say, I look good. I don't say it in a prideful way. Just, just say it. <laughs> because when you have a fruitful vineyard in your life, when your life is a fruitful vineyard, it looks good. Isaiah sixty-one three, it says, And they shall be called a planting of the Lord, a display of His splendor. Jesus talks about that we display fruit not for our own glory, but for the Father's. That when we are, have fruitful vineyards in our lives, when our lives are fruitful, it is a display of God's glory and splendor into the lives of other people. But then there's, if you're not fruitful, have you guys ever seen a dry vineyard before? Roy, show them a dry vineyard really quickly. Show them what a dry vineyard looks like. That's A dry vineyard. It's, it's, there's nothing there. And that's our lives if we, if we're not experiencing it. That doesn't look good. That's not ministering to anyone. And if our lives are dry, how is it speaking to anyone? But Roy, show him a fruitful vineyard. Look at the difference. I mean, look at all of that. A fruitful vineyard is lush, colorful, beautiful. God is calling us to a fruitful life because it looks good, brothers and sisters. When our lives, our churches, our families, our ministries, and all of us are called to a ministry, when our lives, our churches, our ministries are fruitful, it looks good. It shines, it's lush. It invites others into that vineyard. It invites others into that place. And so you want a fruitful vineyard in your life because it looks good. The second reason is because you can eat from a fruitful vineyard. Who likes to eat in here? Who likes to eat? We got some really honest people in the house. That's what I'm talking about. No shame. There's no condemnation. Hallelujah. I like to eat as well. Philippians 419 says, and the Lord, my God will meet all your needs According to his glorious, his riches and glory in Christ Jesus our Lord, a fruitful vineyard, especially the one that God intends, it produces fruit and you can eat from it. You'll be nourished from it all year long, in and out of season. Amen. I mean, what what kind of fruit do you get from vineyards? You get grapes, right? That's like a. I'm glad. I hope no one said apples. Or if if you thought apples. We'll talk afterwards. But it brings about grapes, and I love grapes. When I was younger, my mom, as soon as she came back from the grocery store, she would always buy grapes, right? And my mom would come right after work, so she would come home around like 6, 6.30, and I would run in the kitchen and grab the bag of grapes and run into my room and eat the whole bag. And that would be like my dinner for the night because, like, I would be so full with grapes I wouldn't eat. God wants us to have that same kind of nourishment from fruitful vineyard lives. God wants us to be full off the vineyard that he provides for our lives. Because fruitful lives are full of nourishment, blessing, and provision from Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen? And the third reason why is because you can drink from a fruitful vineyard. Okay? You can drink from a fruitful vineyard. I'm not gonna ask who likes to drink in here. I don't wanna see whose hands come up. But you can drink from a fruitful vineyard. And what kind of drink comes from a fruitful vineyard? Wine. And you know what a fruitful vineyard, and you know what a fruitful vineyard always produces? New wine. And so when your life is a fruitful vineyard, it's gonna continually produce new, fresh, Wine. Pastor Christian was just up here talking about fresh moves of God. When your life is a fruitful vineyard, you're constantly going to be moving in that new wine. That fresh move of God. The fresh move of His Spirit. You're going to be moving as God moves in that new wine. Hallelujah. And so, that's why we need a fruitful vineyard. That's why a fruitful vineyard is good because it looks good, we can eat from it, and we can drink from it, hallelujah. But how? How do we become fruitful vineyards? How do we get there? Let's go back to the text. I didn't, I wasn't lying when I said that we were gonna dig, alright? Okay, so let's turn to verse two, alright? Let's read verse two together. One, two, three. In that day, a pleasant vineyard, sing of it. The first way that our lives can become fruitful vineyards it's through a life defined by worship. It's defined by praise, prayer, and worship. A life of worship to God. In this verse, God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And what he's telling him to them to do, he's saying, sing. He's saying, sing about a fruitful vineyard. That's what it says in the NIV. It says, sing of a pleasant vineyard. He's telling them to worship and praise and sing for the pleasant and fruitful vineyard that he will provide. In the NIV, like I just said, it says sing about a fruitful vineyard, meaning that vineyard has not come yet. It means that when we worship God, we should worship him in a way that is constantly defined by faith and believing God for what he will do in our lives. What God is pointing to us in this verse is not about some reactionary kind of worship. Right now, I'm in an intro to ministry and worship class with Myung Hwa and my brother John, and as well as Pastor Christian. We're in this ministry and worship class, and last week we had to we had to give well this week actually we had to give a definition of worship. We had to split up in these different groups and talk about what worship is. And this class is really amazing to me because it's really like opening up my mind. Your your tithes are going well, Hallelujah! It's supporting us in in the uh, at Torch. That's what I meant by the way the church is supporting us at Torch. <laughs> but that church was really, I mean that that class is really blowing my mind because when we talk about worship, some people were st- standing up and they were talking about worship always as being what God gives us. Oh, worship. we worship God because God always gives us things. He provides us things. He, and while we worship him for those reasons, God calls us to sing to him sometimes before we've received anything at all. We've learned in the world to base our worship on worldly things. In the world, when you receive, that's when you say thank you. In the world, you don't say thank you before you receive a present or a gift. If someone comes up to you, you don't say thank you without knowing that they're giving you something. You don't say thank you until after you, you've received your, your value meal from McDonald's. Or after you get out of the taxi. Or after you receive the compliment. That's when you say thank you. But God works in the opposite way. He, re- he wants us to sing, to worship, and praise him before ever receiving those things that are on our hearts his word says open up your mouth wide and i will fill it he says whatever you ask for in prayer if you have believed you have received it it will be yours he says by prayer and petition with thanksgiving before you've even received it with thanksgiving present your request to god And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. We have to be walking in a way that is praising God all the time, regardless of whether or not we're receiving things or not. We have to be singing to God for a fruitful vineyard, thanking him for a fruitful vineyard before we ever see it happen in our lives. That's the kind of worship that God is calling us to have. To sing about praises and adoration for the king before. Because that's the kind of heart that God honors. That's faith. And that's a a vineyard that the Lord will protect and guard. Because he knows you will honor it with that life. And you will not honor. You will honor him with that life and not yourself. So the first reason why is because the first way you have a fruitful vineyard is because by. Thank you, Helwan. The first way you have a fruitful vineyard is by living a life of worship. Praising Him and singing to Him about a fruitful vineyard before you ever receive it. But let's continue on. Verse 3. I'll read it. It says, I, the Lord, am its keeper. Every moment I water it. In the NIV it says, I water it continually. The second way you're going to have a fruitful vineyard, friends, is if you have a continual watering of his Holy Spirit. Amen. It is not just suggested, brothers and sisters, having the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Holy Spirit is necessary. Holy Spirit is necessary. You have got to be filled with the Spirit if you're going to have an abundant, fruitful vineyard in your lives. Amen. And it's not something that you're just going to get from a good teaching, a good podcast, or even being here for at New Philadelphia for 20 years. It's something that you have to get straight from God. He says, I water it continually. That God is the one pouring into your life over and over. He says, I am its keeper. Every moment I water it. That means you are living a life that is Surrender to him. He's your keeper and he waters you continually through his Holy Spirit. Jesus himself said, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That spring of water, that living water is being filled by his Holy Spirit. Being filled with that outpouring of God's Spirit. And that eternal life isn't just something that is welling up 50, 60, 70 years from now when we're called home. But that eternal life starts right now. That that's something that you can experience right now. That being filled with the Holy Spirit and having that fruitful vineyard is something that you can experience today that a fruitful life begins now. It's going to be the filling of the Holy Spirit that's going to release transformation and is going to bring about that cleansing and change of character that is going to bring forth even more of the fruit of the Spirit. That's why I started off about repentance. Because you have to get cleaned out of all the things that are filling you up before you can get filled with this Holy Spirit but you have to get filled with the spirit if you're going to have a fruitful vineyard. A filling of the spirit produces life, as Jesus said it wells up to eternal life. It produces obedience and faithfulness, as it says in Ezekiel 36:27, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And it will cause you to have a Christian life that you have never experienced before. Truly a fruitful vineyard. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. You got to get. Filled with that spirit. And when you get, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. With that water that wells up and never runs dry. Your life will become fruitful beyond what you can even imagine. Two years ago, I never would have thought I'd be standing here. But it's God pouring out His Spirit. Pouring out Himself that has made my life fruitful. Beyond what I could see myself hallelujah you have got to get filled with the spirit if you want to truly experience the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of what god has for your life and finally the last thing that has to happen if you want to experience that true fruitful vineyard in your life it starts at the end of verse three to verse five lest anyone punish it i keep it night and day I have no wrath. Would that I had thorns and briars to battle. I would march against them. I would burn them up together. Or let them lay hold of my protection. Let them make peace with me. Let them make peace with me. If you want a fruitful vineyard, not only do you have to have a life of praise and worship, not only do you have to get filled with the Holy Spirit, but you have to get set on fire for God. Hallelujah. In the NIV it says, I will march against those briars and thorns in battle. And I will set them all on fire. When you get set on fire for God, that releases you into a fruitful vineyard of a life. Because it burns up all the other things that could try and snatch it away. It burns up all the briars and the thorns of this world. The worries of this world that seek to choke away the fruitful vineyard. It is going to be the fire of God that will prepare us. It is the fire of God that pushes us into warfare. Our church is all about praying. Our church is all about interceding. It is the fire of God that's going to push us into having a fruitful ministry that is protected, that is covered. It is the fire of God that is going to push us to pray in that way. It is the fire of God that will make us able to have a fruitful vineyard that prospers. It will prepare us and ready us against the worries of this world. And if we are to stay fruitful ministers, fruitful Christians, fruitful watchmen, we must be filled with the fire of God. Amen? It is that fire of God that came down. It is the fire of God that came down as Elijah prayed. It is that fire of God that Jesus himself said that he had came to bring. As Jesus said in Luke, he said, I came to cast fire on the earth and would that it already kindled. Hallelujah. And Jesus goes on to talk about how it is his fire that is going to bring about his purposes. If we want to be fruitful participants in that with a fire that will not just burn up, our adversaries burn up the things of this world we have to pray and seek to get that fire pray and seek to be placed in that fire to have that fire burning within us i want to read for you a word that from stacy campbell about the fire he jesus he wished for this purifying fire to be kindled He was distressed until the baptism of fire was accomplished. He wanted it to happen and he was not afraid of it. This is the attitude that we must all cultivate in this hour. We must wish for the fire to burn us, to refine us and sift the wheat from the chaff in our personal lives as well as in the church worldwide. It is the fire of God that in these These last days, it is the fire of God in this time that is going to ready this church, that is going to ready this body. It is the fire of God that is going to push us to be fruitful when everything else around us is choking, trying to choke out the life. It is the fire of God that will, that will burn all of those things up. God said, Would that I had thorns and briars to battle. I will march against them. I would burn them up together. It is the fire of God that is going to bring about that deliverance of God's people. And one last thing before I close. In verse 6 it says, In days to come Jacob shall take root. Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots. And fill the whole world with fruit. For those of us with the ESV in the footnotes, there's an alternative translation for in days to come. It says in those to come. In those to come, Jacob shall take root. Israel shall blossom and put forth shoots and fill the whole world with fruit. It will be us, brothers and sisters. He is the vine, we are the branches. It will be us as a fruitful vineyard through Christ making us that way, through his, through a life of worship, through His Holy Spirit, through the filling of His Holy Spirit and through His fire that will make us not just blossom, but go out to the nations and fill the whole world with fruit. So, that... Will be what shines. That will be what looks good. To His glory. Those fruitful vineyards of our lives. Do you want a fruitful vineyard? Let's pray.